we are delighted to be once again brought to you by The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription journalism service providing the best coverage of Manchester United and more from writers like Laurie Whitwell, Oliver Kay, Adam Crafton, David Ornstein and Daniel Taylor. Their world-class team of writers is brought to you completely ad-free on their app. There's no ads, no annoying pop-ups and they go really in-depth on a huge range of topics around all different aspects of football. To start a seven-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription, meaning it works out to just £2.50 a month, head to theathletic.co.uk slash nqatpod. That's theathletic.co.uk slash nqatpod. So, uh, there was a lot of moaning on last week's show, Ed, and then we just rocked up and won 4-0. Uh, are we idiots, or or is it something a little something to do with the quality of opposition? Yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I guess Norwich, um, perhaps they should have turned up with their first team, you know, much like City did. Then uh, I, I don't feel like Norwich gave us enough respect. Honestly, that statement from Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the single most disgraceful thing he's done so far, and... He needs to be really, really, really careful about that sort of thing because that sort of thing will cost him his job. It'll be getting the PR spin wrong that does for him in the end. So if you somehow have been under a rock, he hasn't been accusing anyone of getting medieval on his backside or anything. Um, But uh, he did say that you can see how much progress we're making by the fact that Manchester City played their first team against us in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. It's one of the stupidest things any human's ever said, by the way. It really is. And and not exactly true, given that Bravo played and Aguero didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Aguero just banged in his 12th Premier League hat-trick today. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe he's on the fringes of the first team or something I think, these days. I think there was some... I think he was, like, injured or maybe suspended or something anyway. But Edison was suspended, right? Um, but still... It's a completely nonsense statement. I looked at the um, the City semi-final lineup against Burton in the first leg last season. Now, we have to bear in mind this was against Burton Albion. And like it was not a first-string side, but Silva, David Silva, De Bruyne, Gundogan, uh, Sane, um, like, uh, Riyad Mahrez, like, a lot of heavy hitters played in that game. Uh, and that was against Burton Albion. <laughs> In the Carabao Cup, in the season where well, City were going to win the league. Up and comers, Burton. Yeah, just dis- disgraceful nonsense from Solskjaer. But much better on the pitch. I mean, honestly... Yes, much. Never has Can We Play You Every Week rang truer than thinking about United against Norwich this season. Yeah, we really needed a victory against them when we went to Carrow Road. And, and that was one of the ones where we were like, hmm, are we going to do okay here? Because it's not been that great recently. And, and fortunately, they don't appear to have learned anything from being in the Premier League. They're really, really open every single week and they concede loads of goals. And, and uh, fortunately, they were nice and open for us too, which gave um, our nice and pedestrian midfield loads of time on the ball to do stuff that uh, Nemanja Matic and, and Juan Mata can do when they have loads of time on the ball. And... It was very easy for them and, and the front three were very good. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought Juan Mata was genuinely excellent in this game. He got two assists and they were both peaches. Um, his ball for the Rashford goal, I guess they were both crosses, right? Um, both from from wide. But his ball from the for the Rashford goal was the, the whipped ball across it, like round the corner from deep. And brilliant centre-forward play from Rashford as well, attacking the ball at the far post in the, in the six-yard box. Yeah, he had a very good game, Rashford, didn't he? So, um, and so did Martial up front, and so did um, even even little Andres Pereira, who we perennially bash on this show. Uh, he, even he had a good game, I thought. I mean, look, it really did help, and I'm not I'm not taking anything away from a positive performance. Uh, it really did help that Norwich just stood off. I mean, just so much space 
Uh, when Nemanja Matic, who really can't run fast than well, anyone in football, um, is able to just stroll around pinging balls all over the pitch, then you know the the opposition had given up a little bit. So it really odd. I mean, I had thought they'd learned something from their time, but uh, they are hundred percent going down on this uh, on this evidence. There, there was sort of I don't know when the when the Rashford goal was thirty minutes or something. Yeah, I don't have no idea. Yeah. Right. But that first half hour, they were sort of fairly compact. And, and I, I thought it was quite nice to see the way in which United were trying to break them down was through sort of like really good individual play and nice little bits of link up. Some lovely bits of skill from uh, Rashford in the box in particular. And it was a really nice moment where Mata kind of stabbed a ball that looked like it had gone out of his control through to Martial, who sort of tried to buy a penalty a little bit, although I think it was reasonable to try and buy it given it was... It was a high percentage chance it was for sale in that moment. Um, but it's just some nice moments. And then, but it was, yeah, it was great when when they did unlock the door. And then in the second half, getting the penalty so early on that, and like Rashford doing well to to score after the VAR checks and all that, which, you know, adds a big thing to penalties. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was over at that point, wasn't it? That's right. Brandon Williams won that uh, penalty well. I mean, he definitely won it rather than it being sort of, I mean, Dumb goalkeeping to come uh, charging out like that, of course. And uh, I think Brandon Williams probably checked his run a little bit just to make sure he clashed with the the keeper. And at the point when he clashed with the keeper, the ball was you know, fifteen yards away from him or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, but he had, a, by the way, uh, excellent game again, Brandon Williams. I mean, there's uh, let's just assume he is the number one left back at the club, given that. Um, Ashley Young is refusing to play for the club now. (laughs) And Luke Shaw is also accidentally refusing to play for the club by getting injured in the warm-up. I just... Oh, please. I mean, Grand National, you'd uh, you'd bring the curtain up, wouldn't you? You'd pull back the the hammer and you'd end him. But um, unfortunately, the way of doing that in football is to... Not unfortunately, you know what I mean. It's to sell him. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you think football would be better if injured players were regularly shot? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's an option. <laughs> so yes, um, I mean, look, uh, United will need a left back in the the summer because uh, Young's off and and Shaw should be off. He's just not adding any value, and and Williams will need some kind of competition or will need some kind of cover there. Um, I suspect that won't happen, but uh, either way, the emergence of Brandon Williams has solved quite a big problem for us and he appears to be getting better with each game of course he wasn't under a lot of defensive pressure here although as we mentioned uh, on the preview show Buendia does create a lot of chances he's a tricky little guy and um so I thought Shaw did very well when he was on the right hand side Sure, yeah. Williams Williams yeah uh one moment when Marlon Brandon Williams as I've my friend calls him and it's stuck in my head and now every time I see him I want to call him Marlon Brandon Williams um he uh, he did make one of the most hilarious football misses you'll ever see in your life. Um, just one of those where, you know, when they say it's harder to miss than score, like angle-wise, you have to get it so spectacularly wrong to miss because the ball's got to go almost vertically off his foot for him to miss. Um, and in fact, the ball did in fact go almost vertically off his foot. Uh, of course it was not costly and that's fine. He's a compl- there's no problem. You're allowed to make it's much, it's much, much, much more important to get into that position regularly. That's the thing that's telling other, other fullbacks would not be in that position. No, no, they'd be still dipping into a bargain bucket or whatever it is. So yes, Yes, it was great that he got into that position. He does get forward a lot, uh, Williams. It's a shame he didn't have the composure at that particular moment. I mean, he scored a goal against Sheffield United, which was significantly harder. And here, he just, I mean, it's a bouncing ball. Anyway, we'll forgive him once. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed the third goal. I mean, um, 
just the the pinged cross from Juan Mata and uh, the uh, the towering centre forward header from Anthony Martial. Yeah. And bet- well, what's it? What's it with our centre forwards scoring headers these days? It's great. They are improving all the time. And you know, last game, last podcast was intensely doomy gloomy because it was meant to be. That's that that wasn't reactive. That was the appropriate reaction to the state of the club. And it's always horrible when that's drawn into sharp relief by a game like the the one in, against City. Um, this game was an example of the the positives that do exist within the team. But of course, we know that we know their limits. What what I think has almost no limits is Martial and Rashford's ceiling, and of course, the ceiling of the fourth goal scorer. Where I'm pretty confident in saying uh, 91 goal calendar year or whatever it was that Messi did that one time is not out of reach for Mason Greenwood. (laughs) This year, maybe not this year, but you know, five years time, Mason Greenwood scoring, let's say, all right, let's say 70 goals in the calendar year seems fairly likely to me. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, when he's embedded into the first team and he's playing almost every game and he, and he plays 60 odd games uh, in the calendar, well, more than that in the calendar year with internationals, which has got to be coming up soon uh, for Mason, then of course that's going to happen. He is uh, having a lot of substitute appearances. I think he's the second most subbed on player in the Premier League at this stage. But he's scoring, well, he's got four Premier League goals now and eight in all competitions, something like that. It's a it's a really good return for short bursts and we saw evidence once again that he really doesn't need much of a chance to score. Um, Solskjaer keeps calling him the most natural finisher and at the club and, and it's it just seems abundantly true, doesn't it? I want one of our um, uh, many followers on Instagram, at uh, NQATpod, if you want to see pictures of football and stuff, said uh, Mason's really got to stop, stop mugging off goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, this is a friend of the show, Cal Gildart, was saying to me, like, it must be an absolute nightmare to know exactly what he's going to do and be powerless to stop it. Because um, we kind of knew that this was coming. As soon as he hit the shot, his shot placement is so good. He's going to be a player, I imagine, who's going to defy the XG model for most of his career because he, I think he's going to score more than he's meant to score from the places that he shoots from and the opportunities in which he shoots from. He's, he's, but he's also really smart. His movement's really good. And he's a child, a tiny child at the moment. Like if he stays free from injury and stuff like that, he, he's the absolute nailed on hardcore real deal. Mason Greenwood is. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the best players always do defy the XG model anyway, because it's based on averages, but, but yeah, yeah, but completely, you know, I completely get what you're saying. Those who score from difficult XG positions frequently, especially defy the model. And that's very true. Yeah. Um, a, a lovely, a lovely attacking performance and very generous visitors in, in Norwich. Uh, I will buy extra mustard in their honour this week um, because... Will, will you, though? Will you? I will, yeah. I'll, I'm going to buy... I've run out of Coleman's. I've got French mustard in the fridge, but I haven't got any Coleman's in the fridge at the moment, so I'll get some um, just in their honour. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a quality product and uh, they're an unquality football team. Yeah. We're not being we're not being sponsored by Coleman's, but call us Coleman's. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. Do, we'll, we'll, we'll do a deal. We can talk deals. We can talk deals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what did you think of um, Cantwell spoken about uh, in transfer dispatches somewhat recently? Right. I did not know really that he'd been spoken about. Oh yeah, I did know this actually because I had, had a chat about it with someone on Instagram as well. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, he seems good, but at the moment people we're spoken about with dispatches in dispatches will be all the footballers because you just have to put Manchester United and a player's name in and your SEO well, is good. But that, that's very, yes, that's very true. <laughs> uh, yes. And even our favorite actual sponsors over at the uh, athletic, www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash NQAT pod. Yeah. off. And the seven day free trial. Wow. 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 On might, top of your 50%. Might talk about that a little bit more in a bit. I feel bad for Patreon backers who film the ads cut out, but this bit will still be in. Sorry, lads. Anyway, um, yes, even they are covering the transfer market somewhat. Um, ditching the think pieces for a couple of weeks. 
Uh, I mean, but anyway, I, look, he's young and he's English, so of course he's being linked with uh, United because you know we are Brexit FC still. Yeah, um, and although like there was a brief flurry of excitement uh, as Bruno Fernandes chat reached yet another peak, it's going to be lovely when him and Nick Gaitan and Olwes Snyder sit down and have dinner together and talk about the good old days playing up number ten for Man United. Yes, this one seems a little more concrete, doesn't it? Uh, at least. Um, uh, look, the Portuguese papers, you can always take it with a pinch of salt because they, they're trying, they try to flog their best. They, they're like marketing tools for the Portuguese clubs who want to, at the point of highest value of their, their players, uh, need to sell them abroad. So seem to do a very good job of that. But um, a lot of uh, serious journalists saying that uh, there's some reality in this one and United uh, are seriously considering it after deciding that the guy couldn't pass well enough in the summer and that we didn't need a midfielder. The, the, the United are seriously considering it stage is not the relevant stage anymore of transfer gossip, is it? It's like the he's 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 got the gun to his head and the pen in his hand and he's signing the the thing. That's no, like even that doesn't count. It's when they're doing the promo video. That's that's, <laughs> you know, that's when you know they're real about it. It's when they're sat in front of a piano playing Glory Glory Man United. That's when you know. What's uh, Bruno Fernandez's promo video going to be about? Uh, it's a good question. What well. The key is finding out what instrument he plays. Maybe that's why the transfer is like happening in January rather than the summer because he was taking trumpet lessons for all, all that time. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is really strange. Anyway, just just the, what, where does it where does this make any sense, right? Be, because we've got injuries now, we're buying midfielder as if we didn't need a midfielder before. Have we been well stocked in midfielders to this I, point? I'm worried at this point, though, Ed, that we shouldn't be criticising them for the mistake they made in the summer in case to save face, they double down. And they're like, oh, no, no, now we'll look really stupid if we buy a midfielder now. So we were like, no, 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 it's fine you didn't buy a midfielder in the summer. That was perfectly sensible. Now, of course, through circumstances completely beyond your control, you're back. Buy a bloody midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, just it's it's bonkers. And and of course, United, uh, despite being so inconsistent, are really are only five points away from the Champions League places. It's absolutely. Do you think mad. if we had a goal scoring midfielder like this guy? And and honestly, um, I don't know this guy's getting any good. I I can only go off what other people have said, and and quite a few Portuguese sort of commentators, watchers say, well, look, he seems really good because he's numbers are really good but there are concerns like can he make it in a bigger league will he get enough space um especially uh, all the goals he scores shooting from long range and in the box and so on and i think those are legitimate concerns and i think that's why a lot of the big clubs backed off in the summer because they weren't sure despite him having such a monster season last season um and so at this stage i think it's quite fair to say that if united do the deal it is out of desperation because they had decided themselves and were quite happy to let everyone know that they had no interest. And we now, we're now getting more details. They had no interest because they were concerned about his, his passing was apparently the major concern. No but, idea if that's true either. But Scott McTominay plays every week, so they were like, mm, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't worry too much about passing as a concept. I love, I love Scott McTominay, by the way. He's just not particularly good at passing. Um, to go back to the game, you mentioned uh, briefly in dispatches there that Andreas Pereira had a good game, and he really did. Um, it's really... Uh, the one thing you absolutely cannot criticise him for is his industry. Like, he really... He's got an engine on him, and he's not afraid to use it. Like, he work his absolute socks off, and you can see why that buys a lot of goodwill with people, and I, I get that. But also in this game, there were a couple of moments of actual real quality, which we've seen those little... We've certainly seen more of... If you take the season by halves, whatever the second half of the season so far, we've seen many more moments of quality from Pereira. Plenty of wayward passing and decision-making and a bit of dawdling on the ball and all that stuff too, but there was a one beautiful ball with the outside of his foot putting it into the box in this game. It was really... No, no, no. So, so you're wrong, mate. Uh, only Trent... Alexander Arnold, who's allowed to play balls with the outside of his foot. He invented the outside of the foot. Don't be basic Man United guy, Ed. Don't do it. Don't lower, don't lower yourself to that level. I have to do it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah look, look, I think uh, look, three key passes in the game for Andreas. Uh, and um, as we were talking about, I think, on the last pod or the one before, his, um, his numbers are decent, actually, for... Chance creation, um, third of an expected assist in this game. I mean, it's, it's just to say that he can make things happen. We know he's got quality on the ball when he has time. 
his his problem is he can't can't stamp his authority on a game ever, and he's not that young, and he's a bit loose with it, isn't he? He's a bit loose with possession, gets caught on the ball too often, and it just makes us feel like he is not of the appropriate quality. But there's stuff that can come out that is good, and today was good. Or Sunday, Saturday was good. Oh, one thing that um, we we didn't even. Uh, talk about really was in the, a lot of the kind of pessimism or mild pessimism in terms of the likely result and performance against Norwich was based on the fact that we weren't too sure we'd be playing at centre defence but Maguire played in this game and Solskjaer called him a warrior and I might be less of a warrior more of a warrior because when Solskjaer starts calling people a warrior I assume that they'll be out for six months within about six weeks of that Definition. Yeah, and we we haven't. I don't think we've had any update on injury or otherwise for Maguire yet. But uh, it, look, they they confirmed that he had a small tear at the top of the thigh muscle by his hip. So sometimes it was called a thigh injury, sometimes a hip injury. But it was a small tear in that that muscle that will take some time. And I would not be surprised if he didn't get a pain killing injection. So if you've ever had any hip problems which I have occasionally, um, then you'll know that's it's pretty debilitating. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, um, of course, you know, you can be the warrior all you like, but if it means you're going to be out for a few months as a result, it's not worth the risk. And we spent quite a long time on the Thursday pod talking about the risks that have been taken with Pogba and Scott McTominay. And it's a risk too far when you've got a really thin squad. Yeah, it, yeah. And and we we're kind of, we're sort of, slightly this is i would say like a kind of um with a somewhat limited data set a series of concerns from the outside looking in it's not a definitive like he's an idiot he doesn't know how to manage injuries because there's more going on than we know but it's not looking good at all on that front i'd say um the only other slight negative i'd have about the game and this is really Considering our actual problems, this is proper first world football problems. We got really sloppy when we got to four nil up. It's like, come on, lads, you're four nil up. Don't be sloppy now. Uh, but yeah, I guess they were a combination of emotionally and physically drained by everything that's gone on recently. But all in all, I mean, Rashford getting a brace, Martial getting a proper centre forwards goal, goal. Um, Greenwood coming on and looking brilliant. Pereira looking better. Marlon Brandon Williams being his usual brilliant self. Um, and little Angel Gomez getting a game. I think he played against uh, City as well briefly, didn't he? So a couple of games in a row for Gomez, which people were asking where he is. And it turns out he was, I don't know, seven injuries away from the occasional five-minute substitute appearance. Yeah. Talk of him potentially being included in a deal for Bruno Fernandes, obviously Portuguese connections with Angel Gomez and uh, potentially Marcus Rojo. <laughs> um, uh, look, um, we're laughing about speculation here, so take it with a pinch of salt. But uh, uh, apparently with Rojo, United were unwilling to have him uh, form part of the deal permanently because they still believe they can get a fee for him. So it was only a years long loan. You know, the, the kind of the old de- definition of insanity of trying to do the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. Ed Woodward and Marcus Rocco is a real, it's a real thing. It's like they wouldn't sell him to Everton or Everton tried to loan him for the season or something. Or they're just like, no, no, we can get a fee for Marcus Rocco. We can get a fee for Marcus Rocco. It's like Donald Trump, right? It's the, the kind of positivity mantra taken to the point of pathology where you don't see reality anymore. You only see positive outcomes. It's the greatest left-sided central defender the world has ever known. The banana is not to laugh. Um, this is anyway. Yeah, Marcus Rocco will surely go at some point. Um, you would imagine. All in all, though, excellent performance against Norwich. Well done, United. Um, a much much tougher test at Old Trafford in midweek. And I guess we'll come back from a break, take some Twitter questions, and then look forward to the Wolves game. All right. So as we said at the top of the show, we're absolutely delighted to be sponsored by The Athletic, the best... Delighted. But yeah, we are. Like 
proper delighted. Uh, best place to read about football on the internet. Um, they're a subscription journalism service. App has absolutely no ads or annoying pop-ups. Um, Unlike this show. Yeah, exactly. This is the annoying pop-up that does not exist within the Athletic app. Um, and it all of this and more can be yours, including access to their team of absolutely world-class writers, people covering United like... Danny Taylor, Laurie Whitwell, David Ornstein doing some United stuff these days. Um, just really very high quality content uh, on the club and football in general. It can all be yours. You get a seven day free trial. So check it out. Like we've talked a big game about it before we were sponsored by them and definitely since um, and we will continue to do so but yeah you can you can check out whether it's for you with a seven-day free trial um and by using www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash n-q-a-t pod and you'll get a seven-day free trial and then uh, a full 50 percent off your first year subscription um joe divine over a uh, rival football podcast tifo rival Oof. rival athletic sponsored uh Hate him. yeah yeah Oof. boo Oof. but anyway joe Oof. um joe came up with a song about how not as big as us in bulgaria <laughs> by the way not not as big as us. Facts. Fact. I'm just talking facts. Here. He came up with a, a song about how it's only eight pence a day to sign up for the Athletic, and I threatened to generate a rival eight pence a day song. Um, so at some point that might happen, but but not just yet. It's only eight pence a day if you use our promo code. So do it. Jingles today. have gone out of fashion. Yeah, we bring them back. <laughs> anyway, what, what, what's do you know who's not on the Athletic? Sorry, we're we're going a bit off uh, off piste here, but you know who's not on the Athletic? Who's that? Neil Ashton, uh, Sunday Supplement host and now United PR flunky. Oh, has he signed up with United? He's uh, formed his own PR agency and uh, we're one of his clients, yeah. Classic United this, massaging the optics rather than actually getting a bloody director of football and sorting out the club. Well, anyway, if, if you want, what, what? if you want like good content that is not like laden with PR nonsense, um, there's a couple of good articles this week that I, I'd point people's attention to. Uh, Laurie Whitwell wrote a, a really nice piece about actually reflecting some of the things that we have said already on the show today uh, about Andreas Pereira and the kind of intense desire he displays on the pitch, but also how his numbers are starting to look better and better, which I think we've, we have been pointing out lately, uh, having given him plenty of criticism. And then I think my favourite article that I've read on The Athletic this week is a sort of tangentially, or I guess we would now say historically uh, related to uh, Man United in that it's about Zlatan Ibrahimovic and uh, his the destruction of his statue outside Malmo, written by Brooks Peck and Adam Snaverly. It's a really nice piece. It's a, it's written as a dialogue between the two of them um, in a very sort of deliberate style. Uh, and it's funny and in-depth and genuinely I learned some stuff that I didn't know. Did you know, for example, that that statue was not commissioned by Malmo and was, con- com- was commissioned by the Swedish FA, but was too heavy to put outside the Friends Arena National Stadium on the, the kind of arena area they had lined up for it so they offered it to malmo who were like yeah yeah sure whatever um but that proved to not, be not popular with the uh, malmo ultras yeah zlatan made his debut or his pre-debut for ac milan at the weekend scored of course of yeah. course he did <laughs> yeah thinking he made his debut the week before but did he make his first start was it this, was it this his week? first start but anyway yeah he's a uh, really good chat on um on a different podcast about that. So we won't um, plug that during the ad. I probably shouldn't do that. All right. So the long and the short of it is for just £2.50 a month, uh, eight pence a day. And we've checked and this, this offers available to people around the world as well um, for the best football coverage you'll find in written form on the internet, head to the athletic.co.uk forward slash NQAT pod Sign up for a seven-day free trial, 50% off your first year. Super helps out the show, and we love them. So thanks very much. That's one of the most stupid questions I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Test my patience. So, Ed... What have the people been saying to us this week? Friend of the show, Chris Etchingham, 
Liverpool fan says, how many will you beat us by next weekend? Because I know you will. I mean, that is the fakest, fakest. Oh, I'm afraid my team's going to lose a big game. Oh, oh, it's so difficult not having lost a single game this season. You know, it's going to happen at some point. And I, I bet it will be those up the M62 that do it. We see your feeble attempts, Chris, and we bat it back to you. Really could have lost the Spurs, actually. I mean, a lot of control Liverpool had in that game, obviously. But Spurs had some really good chances, um, given that they played in a very extremely Mourinho way of having 30% possession. But four very good chances for Spurs in that game could have ended Liverpool's very good run. We don't like to talk about Liverpool on this show, so we'll move on to another question. Dale says, you've been abducted by a serial killer. Before he kills you, he allows you one last game of football to watch or a film. What do you choose? Football f- or film? Film. Definitely. You know, 99 Cup final over Champions League final? No, I, I, I've... Um, oh, I guess, like, a, a football match that's already happened. No, you see, the thing about watching a football match that's already happened in a moment like that is um, I'd rather watch a film that I've been meaning to watch for a while, I think. What if it's really disappointing? Yeah, well, you're about to get killed. You're not going to have to worry about it for too long, are you? It's fine. <laughs> Muppet um, Save Christmas, then it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think there's there's a decent chance I'd watch a Muppet. Mm, probably not. I might just watch um, like Annie Hall or something because it's like the cognitive dissonance isn't going to matter now. It's all over. Just enjoy it one last time. All right. Greg Seward said, if Fernandez does sign, who next? Dave Saves says, does Bruno Fernandez exist? Ollie FNA says, is Bruno Fernandez the answer? <laughs> Olaf D. Hoslemo, sorry, Olaf. Will Bruno be our Lord and Saviour? There may be a theme to some of these questions. Don't know, don't know, don't know. Pretty sure he exists because uh, I've seen him uh, on YouTube highlights scoring some Thunder Bastards because he likes to shoot from impossibly long distances. I looked up his like stats bomb stuff and they shared his shot map from last season and it was like, mm, he's going to fit in real well at United. <laughs> Him and Pogba just knocking the ball to each other and shooting from 100 yards. Um, although Bruno Fernandes did score one from 100 yards, didn't he? <laughs> it's just ridiculous, that one, yeah. Um, Rasmus Sundberg says, how old would Mason Greenwood be when he beat Rash- beats Rashford's all-time goal-scoring <laughs> record? <laughs> I, I give a standing ovation to that question. <laughs> I love, I absolutely love a referential twist on a theme. Um, yeah, so he, Rashford will have it for... That's, in a way, it's sad that Marcus Rashford's only going to have it for two years. The um, He played his 200th game for Man United. That did something to my brain of, like, making me feel really, really... I feel old all the time because I am, but that was particularly intense. Uh, Fred played his 50th game for United then uh, tweeted out that he was very proud of himself for doing it. Good good for you. <laughs> Say it loud, Fred, he's proud. <laughs> Say it loud. I'm Fred and I'm proud. I like it. Um, we've had a, a few uh, in, the, in the inbox on Instagram. Uh, it was a good one from McNeil FC in... Um, in California, who who wondered whether maybe, and this is a stretch, uh, Ollie could be referring in his medieval times nonsense to Robin Hood, given that RVP took the 20 jersey from him and Robin Hood was a thief who stole, stole from the rich and gave to the poor and they share the same name. That's the only bit of this was like, if that is the thing, then that means that Ollie Solskjaer's brain crosswired in a really intense way because it's the only way the metaphor makes sense. George Blackshaw says, do you believe Ollie is slowly morphing into David Moyes? Uh, I mean, yes, though, I do believe that. The the thing that he's got going for him is I think he's... um, I know this is the most obvious point in the world, but he genuinely understands United. So when Moyes was saying that stuff, it wasn't him, like, scrambling around to try and make sense of the calamity around him. It was him applying his sort of fundamental lack of grasp of the situation. But but the transformation's happening. Moyes, who was understandably extremely angry over West Ham's last-minute 
equaliser, non-equaliser against Sheffield United on Friday night. Did you see that one? I managed to miss this. It's always nice when you miss a VAR controversy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a VAR controversy per se, because it's more of a handball controversy as applied through VAR. So um, Declan Rice has done really well and and sort of challenged for the ball and then then, uh, laid on an assist for the the equaliser. Um, the problem was that the Sheffield United defender, whose name I've forgotten, heads it onto his arm in the process, and it happens in a split second. So there's no way you can get out of the way of it. So obviously the defender... And what Rice said afterwards was, obviously, I couldn't get out of the way. There's nothing I could do. And then he said, which was really interesting, all the players hate it. Um, yeah. So fans hate it and players hate it, but, uh, you know, hey-ho, the broadcasters but- like it because it creates lots of talking points. The game isn't for fans or players, is it? It's for administrators. We know this. Um, we had a question from Sir Topas on on the Instagram comments. Um, how much are Inter going to offer for Luke Shaw in the summer? <laughs> Oh, please, yeah. It's a good question. They're the uh, the good dumping ground these days, Inter. I mean, I I sort of see the logic in them buying Ashley Young if they think he's good at crossing, because they they definitely have strikers who can benefit from crosses, play with a front two and all that kind of stuff. But Ashley Young puts in some good crosses sometimes. When you think about it, you can easily close your eyes and picture a good Ashley Young cross. He does not put in a lot of good crosses and he does not put them in very often. No. Daniel Greer, United's front three, Rashford, Martial and Mason. Let's, hmm. you know, OK. Yeah, Let's yeah, see yeah. where you're going here. M&M have more goals, 39 in all competitions, than Liverpool's, who have 38. Are they better? Obviously. Obviously. Clearly. Clearly. I wouldn't swap them. But that's just because of emotional like connection. I mean, Yeah, I think, I think all of United's last 15 goals at least in the Premier League have come from those three yeah I, I was looking at um who scored just, just to grab a little clip for the Instagram in fact at NQAT pod um and uh the the front three have scored well our forwards have scored a lot Rashford scored a lot Marcel scored a lot considering how many he's played Mason scored a heck of a lot considering how many he's played and then no one else has scored any goals <laughs> like there's a there's a couple in there but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's slim pickings from the rest of them. But yeah, uh, also Liverpool's front three are not a front three; they're a front two and an auxiliary midfielder. Yeah, sort of, sort of. Firmino, you mean playing basically a false nine? Yeah. True. Um, Krico MFC says, which player should United throw their big swinging dick at in the summer? I'm, I'm not sure. You would really want to. Th- throw you well you that was there's what you this was this is definitely an edism this and that's definitely your your description of our financial might problem is it's um i'm not going to continue with the metaphor that i was just gonna go there's not a lot of control there's just there's it's just randomly happening basically they've got all this money but they can't they don't know how to direct it anywhere they yeah um the uh the, the fernandez thing like even that, a lot of people asked us about him. The one thing that I think more than anything else is that when Raiola says United would ruin anyone, I don't think that's true. But I do think Fernandez fits very nicely into the mould of a player whose career we could absolutely ruin. Like, listen, tread very lightly if you decide to make this move, Bruno, because you are entering choppy, choppy waters. Yes, he's uh, who's who. He's not a Raiola client, is he? Who who is easy with uh, Jorge Mendes? Probably is in the Portuguese. Is it is it really bad that I've just fully assume that that's the case because his name is Bruno Fernandes? <laughs> so I'm like, well, probably a Mendes client. All right, fi- final question then. Uh, Alex Natero says, "Did either either of you realise how big a wombat was?" And he uh, attaches to this question a picture of Steve Irwin. With a wombat, and I did not. Those things are huge. All right, hold on. I, I need, to, go on, uh, I need take, to look up how big wombats are. Paul, for uh, for for those of you on the the wireless, uh, is looking up the size of a wombat <laughs> on his phone. This is this is like what? <laughs> It'd make a lovely rug. All right, it? look at the way, size of come that on, thing. Come on, with your rug animal cruelty talk yeah um I, I i imagine it's the same picture of steve Irwin with a wombat that you're looking at 
That is a it's a big unit. That little one. They are so cute. Um, you can play central defence. <laughs> he's not that big, is he? He's not big enough to play central defence. He can have a go. All right. We need we need him in midfield. What we should do is like um, Matic should have a little wombat on his shoulder, just just to distract people <laughs> from the Manu Matic playing for United. Anyway, we've gone off the rails. Um, that's my favourite question of the week. Obviously, should we take another break and then um, then preview Wolves? Let's do it. All right. Join no question about that. If so, let others know about us. The best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. Wolves. So, oh God. Oh. That, the thing about that game against Wolves last time, which I feel like didn't really say enough, is they were rubbish as well. Like, we were there for the taking, and they were there for the taking, and nobody did any taking. No, yeah, that's right. I mean, strange season Wolves are having, aren't they? And uh, Europa League participation definitely disrupted the beginning of it, and then they went on this pretty poor run, and this great run, and they've had a mixed bag of results, including a one-all draw with Newcastle at the weekend, in which Newcastle had one shot inside the box. (laughs) Yeah, that... um, that I sent the the XG map of that game to the NQAT group chat and um, remarked that football is hard because Wolves had, I think, over two goals worth of XG without any penalties and uh, Newcastle had 0.18 XG and the final score was one all. Yeah, Newcastle had five shots in total, uh, one inside the box from which they scored and four long-range efforts, which are all like, you know, Bruno Fernandes territory, so... (laughs) So since they, they've done a bit of a Norwich in a way, really, because since beating Man City, everything's ruined. I mean, they were unlucky-ish against Liverpool um, at Liverpool. Then they lost to Watford at Watford. Then there was that turgid draw with us and then the, the, the draw with Newcastle. Although I wouldn't necessarily read too much into that draw in terms of performance levels. Um, but I, I have to say, I mean, I'm glad this game's at home. And I'm glad that we're on the back of our front three playing really well. I, I wonder, given the, the sort of fixture, somewhat, I don't know if it's fixture pile up exactly, but given the fact that we've got Liverpool at the weekend after that, although this is Wednesday night and the Liverpool game isn't till Sunday afternoon. It's, it's recovery time, yeah. Yeah, but how much rotation are we going to see? Are, are we going to see? I mean, how, the thing is, how much rotation they can they we They just can't see? be that much because we just don't have that much depth. I mean, the same is true for Wolves, of course. I mean, they, they go to Southampton next and Southampton are in a good, Vein of form at the moment. After, Amazing, after getting yeah, spanked nine 0 they turned. keep winning. So, um, yeah. Although, um, although a friend of the show and a friend of the sponsor or employee of the sponsor, Carl Anker, wrote a brilliant article on the Athletic about um, why the nine nil wasn't actually the turning point. It seems to be, and it's it's sort of uh, what's come next that's the turning point in a lot of ways. So. Yes, very deep, deep, Carl, deep. Yeah, Class, classic. Anyway, classic, after classic Southampton, Carl they heartache. play Liverpool. And then us again, because we play Wolves every week when we'd like to play Norwich every week. And then Leicester. So they've got got a tough schedule as well, Wolves. So I wonder whether they might rotate just a little bit too. So, and anyway, what what, was the team do you reckon United will put out? I'd like to see Williams in again, but I suspect that he's been careful with him and we might see Shaw back in if he's fit. Depends. I mean, he, he, it was a tight hamstring, not something completely bust. Although. Tight hamstring can lead to a bust hamstring. Uh, Young uh, is on strike, we think. We're not quite sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I just, honestly, I know it's technically bad for United, but I really do hope that he is on strike because it is so funny. Friend in the the biz uh, dropped me, slid into my DMs to say it should be done in 24 hours. So it looks like he's done. He's done this winter. So, um, which is, I mean, like it's risky in that if we get an, another injury or Williams gets a loss of form and Shaw gets injured again, then we're really short. So could be risky. Um, so, but anyway, I suspect Shaw's in if he's fit. And other, other changes, see, we'll I, see. I, I, I would definitely play Williams in this game, but then I think I think it was sort of clear from the selection in that last game that the FA Cup is just not a priority. Yeah. and And that Liverpool game... You know, it's 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 bad to say it, right? But 
in a way feels really weird to be saving players for that Liverpool game. Oh, no, no. It feels You're getting a... into Oli Moy's territory now. Oh. But but it's not my job to inspire the troops, is it? It's not my job to maintain the veneer of PR over the reality of the fact that, like, we are going to be at our, have to be at our absolute best to get anything of course, out of that game. Of course, we are the only team that have taken points off them this season. You know, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do a full preview, of course, on the on the the midweek show, but um, we are the only team that's taking points off them. We have the game to take points off them, you know, defend and break. It's going to be tough, obviously. Um, but anyway, Wolves, back to Wolves. So, I mean, there will be some changes just because there, there kind of has to be. Uh, Daniel James, will he come back in? Might do, although um, Mason doesn't half deserve some real football Marcus Rashford I'm worried about because he's scoring loads, loads of goals, but I'm worried about burnout because he's also playing almost every minute. Yeah, and he took him off really early in that game. He did, and he looked, and good. Yeah. He looked, he looked, Rashford looked a little bit fed up to be going off. And well, I'm not surprised he had two goals. He's looking for his first United hat-trick. Yeah, and, but, but absolutely the right thing to do, no question whatsoever. Once that game was, once it was 3-0, get him out of there immediately. Because he's, he's now our most important player, isn't he? Like, if of... of of the players who are not currently wearing an ankle cast, the one that you least want to lose from this team is definitely Marcus Rashford. <laughs> some, for some reason, I thought you were going to say ankle bracelet. That's going to steady on. It's only, it's only Marcus Rashford that's got one of those. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Rashford, Rashford's, but he's going to play in this game. I can't, I can't imagine him not playing this game. Of course. Well, given that we're probably out the the. Uh... The Carling Cup and the Europa is the Europa, and like who knows where that goes. Um, the FA Cup is is still our best route to silverware this season, and yeah. important as yeah. a result. Absolutely, um, but clearly not necessarily a priority. So it's going to be. It'll be very interesting. It'll be, if we see Tahif Chong in the starting eleven again, I think we can pretty safely assume that. The FA, they, he is just trying to get out of the FA Cup. Not that's no no disrespect to Tahif Chong intended Ooh, by that. Hater, it's, it's what he represents in this case that I'm that I'm referring to, not his actual performance level. What um, do you think we'll get then? What kind of United? I mean, again, I mean, Styles make games, of course, and this is set up for Wolves like low possession. Jimenez probably playing the away game. Um, I'd imagine uh, it gives them a lot more control up front. So. Um, plus, the guy who played last time, double-barreled, whose name I forget, is going out on loan. So, um, right. So, I, I guess you know, it's really, it is really fascinating to see how the managers change approach, given that they both had such a laissez-faire approach in a way to the to the the first game. It's weird that they would make more effort for the replay, which is in a way just like an even more annoying game than the FA Cup third round that they were clearly just annoyed existed. Well, you're probably right. There probably will be a lot of changes. I mean, um, but yeah. So, okay, I'm going to guess Romero, Shaw, Jones, uh, Lindelof, AWB, probably. Dallow, maybe, if he goes full... Wacky. Yeah, Dallo could play. I mean, uh, Bailly uh, and Fosamenta both fit. I don't They wouldn't play a full game, though. They both played in the under-23s the other night, got about an hour each. Be nice to see Eric Bailly on the bench, maybe, just because it's always nice to see Eric Bailly. Um, did, you, uh, did you see his overhead attempt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. First game back after, a, like, a mega knee injury, you know. Take uh, it easy, son. Not, not, don't go for anything crazy. <laughs> Tries to score an overhead kick within, within like at least within the first hour of his football coming of being back playing football. I just he's there is something profoundly lovable about Eric Bailly. That's he, for sure. He's he's tapped. He's not right in the head. But. <laughs> yeah. So I I think he could be on the bench. But yeah. Then in midfield, not I a guess, lot of options. I, I guess it's going to be Matic and Fred again. And I actually think in a way that's. If, given that we have to play Matic every game, it's kind of a good idea to keep that partnership going and just try to try to get some fluency into it. We don't get much out of Matic when he plays two games a week, though. I don't know if he can handle it. Oh, I wouldn't really be surprised if Fred's not at the base and then we see Pereira and Mata ahead. Yeah. 
and then and that so so almost but he just just doesn't change when it's four two three one. So you'd almost see like he'll play Pereira and Fred in the middle, and then Matter ahead of them, and then the front three of either James or Greenwood and Martial and Rashford. I think something I, like that. And I think it'll be assuming James is fit. I think it'll be James over Greenwood because. He, he's clearly you know mason greenwood is a a, a very complicated um prospect when it comes to fantasy football because he's incredibly cheap and he's gonna get way more points than he should do based on his points value but he'll often um stop a player on the bench with points coming into your side because he'll have played two minutes um and yeah so he's the mason greenwood fantasy football dilemma is one that i've got him on my team because i didn't have enough money for any other players so uh but anyway um i i don't think he'll play this one i think it'll be james martial and rashford the one thing he could do of course is play james rashford and greenwood up front play green greenwood through the middle which i don't think is impossible give martial a rest yeah, all all possible options. Literally, the only possible options because that's how far our <laughs> resources go. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm I, I just don't know. I don't know what we're going to get. Are we going to get the Norwich performance and or team? I suspect not because Wolves just won't be as open, and and they're a better side, obviously. Uh, and we're just so inconsistent. I just don't know whether we blow hot or cold from one game to the other. Absolutely. And and so much of it, as I feel like the most broken record of all, the most broken record thing you can say about previewing United games this season is the first goal is absolutely massive. Because if we can get the breakthrough, like just before half time, go in with a one nil lead, then I'd be super, super confident about us in the second half. But if we go a goal down early and have to break them down, then oof. That uh, could be a long, long night of uh, not particularly inspiring football. But there's there's quality in them, their hills. And when we're not playing a really good team, and Wolves are a good team rather than a really good team, and they might not be at their full strength, we always, we've always got a puncher's, a scrappy underdog puncher's chance, Ed. Yeah, apparently so. Um, so... That's it. Anything else to talk about this week? No, that'll that'll do me. If I'm happy, if you're happy, um, and we'll be back after the Wolves game uh, with a show on Friday, uh, which will of course have a heavy focus on previewing our trip to Anfield. Tune in. See you then, Patreon backers. Stay tuned for more content.